Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of There's a Lot Going On. I am one of two hosts, Theodore, joined alongside, as always, Tom Shively. Tom, how's it going today? Uh, you know, not bad. I'm back at home for a couple days, so, you know, nice to be back in Virginia. Got a little dusting of snow last night, so first snow of the season. Always fun. You're back in the trap house. I am. I wouldn't call it that, but, you know, here we are. Listen, that's that's what I'm going to call it. We're calling it the trap house from now on. Uh, somebody who's trying to get out of his trap house. Not a great transition, but we try. Kevin Love. Uh, the Cavaliers finally, after all of their struggles so far in the early season, are willing to listen, at least, to Kevin Love trade offers. Um Tom, we got to just start right with what team would even benefit from potentially having Kevin Love? There's a few that come to mind. I think Portland, certainly. I know we touched on that earlier in the year uh, with the guys that they have. They've got Carmelo now, obviously, Damon, CJ. I think they they do kind of need that big guy and another scorer because we know how unreliable Carmelo can be, even though he's been successful recently. And then, you know, a couple teams in the East, maybe the Heat or maybe a team like the Hornets that we're going to talk about later, I think again, could kind of use one of those guys to push them, in the Hornets' case, into the playoffs, in the Heat case, kind of into that conversation as one of those top teams in the East, because they're close. They've got a lot of talent on that team, especially a lot of young talent, guys they could give up to get Kevin Love. So I think that's a team that is really interesting in terms of you know trying to get Kevin Love. Is Kevin Love still that kind of player, though, where he can elevate you into the, you know, best team in a conference kind of conversation because that was he was kind of the defining piece I feel like for that that Cavs team where it was like eh, you know this team's really good and then they got Kevin Love and it's like oh no this is the best team in the east now like well we saw we saw I just don't know if he's still that kind of player we saw obviously 2015 when he when Olenek dislocates his shoulder and that that changes everything because they, they're going to blow by the Warriors if they have all three of them in the finals, and then they end up losing Kyrie in game one. But th- that's the biggest question to me is with all of those injuries, you know, he's feels like he's missed more games than he's played in the last few years. You know, he was an all-star two years ago, but two years ago, a lot can happen in that time. And looking at his contract, the three years, 90-plus million, I, I don't know if he's worth that much. But again, for some of those teams that we mentioned, you know, maybe it is worth going out. And I think especially Miami, who's sitting there, you know, in that top four in the East, maybe they are willing to take that risk again with all that young talent they have and could potentially trade away. For the other two teams, maybe a little bit more risky. So I don't know if it's quite worth it for those teams. Do you, do you think his price could potentially be too high, both in terms of what you may have to trade to get him with the picks and his contract? Because when this year is done, he still has three years and over $90 million left on his deal from that extension he signed last offseason. So it, the question starts to become, is he even worth what it could cost to both keep him and create a deal for him? That's a lot to take on. I think he's really a win now guy. So unless you really think you have a chance to win the NBA championship this year, which you know maybe is only five or six teams, that might even be on the high end. Probably not worth it. So, and that's why the Cavs are, are having trouble dealing him because of that that handicap that comes with trying to make a deal for him. From the east to the west, we go to a team that I said would potentially make the playoffs. That is not looking very good because news has come out from Adrian Wojnarowski that the Spurs are exploring a rebuild, and that could either happen this year at the trade deadline 
or this offseason. So that would involve trading, obviously, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, really anybody I think people might want. Maybe the young guys might be off limits, but that, that wasn't really the vibe I was getting from the reporting that was done on this. Tom, do you think it is time to blow it up in San Antonio? Let's see. Spurs sitting at... 10 and 15 right now in the West. Uh, they're only a game out of the playoffs. So I'm going to say no. It's not quite time to blow it up because you still have some of those older, talented guys. We saw against the Rockets, they can still hang with some of those top-tier teams in the West. But it, to be honest, it's weird to just say Spurs and rebuilding in the same sentence. It's like Shaq and bad business venture in the same sentence. It just doesn't flow. So I'm not ready for uh, to say rebuilding with the Spurs yet. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how this team went so quickly, I feel like, from, you know, oh, they got DeMar DeRozan, they got they gave up Kawhi, but they got an all-star back, and, you know, Pop's going to be able to get the most out of DeMar DeRozan, and he clearly has not really been able to get much more out of DeMar DeRozan than Toronto was able to. I, I just think it's, if not now, then when? I, I think at some point you need to say, all right, we're not good enough to win a title, and just say, you know, it's time to move on. It's time to move off these pieces. There's definitely there would definitely be a market, I think, for Lamarcus Aldridge, despite the deficiencies in his game. I think there's unquestionably a market for DeMar DeRozan. So those are good expendable assets that you can get something strong in return for. And so I, I think if not now, then when? Like I'll, I'll pose it to you. If not now, then when? Yeah, right. You kind of feel like are they content being the five, six, seven seed in the West for you know the next however many years when you've got teams like the Lakers, Clippers that are that are going to be running the West for the foreseeable future? You know, the maybe Mavericks. they are on the outside looking in. Yeah, even the Mavericks. You know, throwing. You know, Denver's got a lot of young pieces. Granted, they've regressed a little bit, but you know those teams we mentioned aren't the Spurs, and that's the biggest problem. They ran the West for you know twenty years, and now. You know, kind of like we're getting the feeling with the Patriots in the NFL that their time is kind of running out. So maybe it is time to hang it up. How much longer do you think Pop is going to coach? Uh, I think if they start to rebuild, I'd give them two more years after this year. Who, who's this? Who's the successor? Because like, I think that's the most interesting thing about it. You know, he's both coach and GM, and so it's really up to him whether or not they start a rebuild. And if they start a re- rebuild, you have to imagine he's going to stay at least until it's close to being finished like I I just don't know if he's ready to start a rebuild which could be the problem it might just be time to move off pop as a whole despite how great he was I feel like the league just might be at the point where it's starting to pass him by because he hasn't you, really changed his style at all in the new NBA do you see him staying like management role and maybe passing it off to somebody like Hammond who's been there for a while possibly I just I don't know who who the successor could be um, I know Duncan's on the staff now, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who really wants to get into coaching. He's just doing it as a favor to Pop. So I th- I think at some point, you know, if you are the higher-ups of the Spurs, you kind of got to give them the ultimatum. Like, hey, you've been great. You are arguably maybe the greatest basketball coach ever, but, like, it's time to move on. It's it's time to go to whatever's next. It's going to be a sad day, but they're, you're right. They've passed – the NBA's passed the Spurs by. That's never really been their style, and – it's tough to see the rebuild, but I don't think it's coming quite yet. What do you think? We already kind of talked about it, but what do you think the market would be like for DeRozan and Aldridge? I I don't love the market for Aldridge. Uh, I think DeRozan's got a little bit of potential left, but you mentioned he hasn't really grown much. 
under pop and you know kind of a wing player feels like it doesn't have as much value this year as it did in years past so i i don't think they'd be able to get as much as they want but it's it's out there from one texas team to another luka Doncic on saturday rolled his ankle against miami it still doesn't seem like the team has been very forthright or you know open about how the severity of the injury they said he'll it, the reporting says he'll probably be out until after Christmas, but I mean, Tom, it's got to be a huge loss for the Mavs. I, I, t- I was really looking forward to see them play the Celtics and the Sixers and the Raptors in the next three games. After well, they have the Bucks tonight, so that's the that's disappointing to me is not seeing Luca go up against really maybe the top four best teams in the East. And yeah, it hurts them. He's their best player. He's probably a top five in the NBA right now. He's arguably the MVP front runner. And obviously, no, you can't survive without a guy like that. Yeah, KP's been better lately, but they just we talked about it earlier. They don't have the surrounding talent to hang around and beat those upper echelon West teams without him. This is a real interesting moment for the Mavs now because they already gave KP that big contract, and this is an opportunity for him to earn that money. And... If he's not good enough in this coming stretch and the team as a whole just isn't good enough, you're going to have a very interesting dynamic there where I think the Mavericks start to have to question, was Kristaps Porzingis worth the money that they gave him this offseason? Because Luka's done so much for this team, he's kind of masked some of their deficiencies. Like They're one of the worst fourth quarter shooting teams in the NBA. Like They're just not good in crunch time. And so I assume that's only going to get worse with him not there. And there are a bunch of statistics about players being better with Luca on the court versus off the court. And I just don't see how they're going to hold their standing right now. They're third in the West, but I mean, a bunch of teams are right on their heels. I expect the Jazz now to creep up in there a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time Luca came back, this is a team that might be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Granted, with time to get back in, but it's not looking great for them. But, I mean, the biggest thing is how long is he out? And you've got this stretch coming up, going up to Christmas against, like, those East teams that we mentioned. Then you've got, you know, the Spurs, Warriors, Lakers. Some interesting games in there. I think if you get them back by the beginning of January, it's not really going to do that much damage. You're looking at only, you know, eight or so games, maybe two and six, three and five doesn't kill you in that kind of stretch. Going up against some of the best teams, that it would be tough to beat them even with Luka. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see. We'll see what the team is able to do without him. But it's a real, you know, this is going to give other teams and the Mavericks a great opportunity to see: is it all Luca, or do they actually have a supporting cast? Because if there is no supporting cast there, it makes it way easier come playoff time to be able to defend this team and know how to guard against stopping the Mavericks. So we got the Mavericks in the West. We're going to go back east for our last story here. I'm just going to call it the Devontae Graham show. He has been lighting it up in Charlotte, Tom. And, I mean, we had talked about Pascal Siakam for most improved player, but he has to be the front runner. Graham has to be the front runner right now. And a guy in his second year, yeah, who kind of, you know, did a lot at Kansas, but no one really talked about him last year after him being a rookie. I love it. I'm here for it. Everyone kind of said Miles Bridges was going to be the guy in Charlotte, but Graham has kind of stolen the laurels for them, and they're playing well. They're you know they're sitting there at 12 and 17, which is you know contending for an East playoff spot. And 
I like it. I like him for an M- MIP candidate. Yeah, and Graham right now, you know, has been the main workhorse, like you said. They've won three of their last four basically on his shoulders. You know, a guy who went from last year scoring four points a game to now 19 points a game. He's been putting up some monster performances. He's had, I think, one or two 30-plus point games, including the one last week. He, he's just been a guy that has really come out of nowhere where, you know, Siakam was really good last year, and he just took another step forward and became even better. But to me, that puts him more into, like, the lower-tier MVP conversation where Graham is such a clear, like, he took huge leaps from year one to year two, and that puts him squarely at the as the frontrunner for most improved player. Tom, one more thing about the Hornets. You know, I just mentioned they won three of the last four. Are they a team to you that a team to watch that may sneak into the playoffs and could cause some trouble for one of the top seeds? This is the beauty. They play in the East, so yes, they have a chance to sneak into the playoffs. I love – they have so much young talent with Graham. Terry Rozier is over there. Bridges, P.J. Washington, the rookie, is having a decent year. He's averaging 12 a game. They got five guys in double figures, so they're one of those teams that – there's not a big name, but they are as young and talented of a team as we've got in the Eastern Conference. So I think they can definitely surprise people. I don't see them winning a series against any of those top four or five teams, but they could certainly take it to six or seven, and I, I almost expect to see them in the playoffs. You're expecting to see them in the playoffs? I am. Interesting. I I wouldn't say I'm expecting to see them right now. I think there's just so much that could still happen. And I'm not sure if you know the lower teams in the East this year are a little more impressive than they have been in years past. Like the Nets don't have Kyrie and they're winning without him. The Magic are always a team that is kind of you know sneaky, sneakily pretty good. You know they got some talent all over the ball. They don't really have a star, but they have a bunch of guys that are pretty good. I guess that could be the difference for the Hornets is if. Graham can kind of develop into that star that they really need he could be the reason they you know are a dangerous playoff team sitting right there around like the eighth seed it could be it it reminds me a little bit of like Paul George in Indiana where he kind of just kind of burst onto the scene out of nowhere and made them a real threat granted he's not that level of player yet but maybe he gets to that point and that's what Charlotte becomes with Graham the interesting thing to me is how him and Rozier fit, both being point guards. It's working out now. They're averaging you know, both over 16 a game, 32 minutes plus each. So that relationship, kind of having two guards that can dictate the game, control the tempo, is a huge weapon for them. If they can keep that up and, and kind of keep these winning ways going, that's the key for them. And then you know, maybe getting a little more help for Washington on the front line. All right, Tom, we got... A new segment we're going to try here. Uh, I tasked both of us with using ESPN's NBA trade machine. And using the trade machine, each week we're going to pick a player who we want to trade. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's in the news that is going to get traded, but somebody just, you know, a trade, a wild trade we want to do. This week we decided to keep it a little bit more realistic, and we went with Kevin Love trade packages. So, Tom, uh, I will let you go first if you're ready. Uh, What would be your trade package for Kevin Love? I'm actually going to go with the the aforementioned Charlotte Hornets. I have, uh, this is very thrown together, no draft picks involved. So that, that that's an oversight on my part. But I've got Kevin Love going to the Hornets along with Colin Sexton 
And then Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges to the Cavs. So we get what? Devontae Graham some front court help. Sexton, you know, they really don't need Terry Rozier if they've got Graham settling into that starting point guard role. Uh, you do have the contract, but it you know breaks about even. So that that's my that's my grand trade for Love because l- let's face it, there aren't a lot of good markets for him to land in. Why are we giving up on Sexton already in Cleveland? I don't think we're giving up on him. I think we we just like the potential we see in Washington and Bridges if we are the Cavs. Okay, interesting. I you've I, got you've got Brandon Knight short term. You've got Jordan Clarkson short term. So I think you can kind of tread water there. And I, I think Terry Rozier has potential to fit in there with those veteran guys. I mean, they did draft Darius Garland, so it could just be them saying they'd rather have Garland over Sexton. So it's an it's an interesting trade, Tom. I'll throw mine at you. Uh, the trade partner was the Phoenix Suns, a team I think really has you know you have Devin Booker and everybody else so to me they need it desperately a second guy if they want to make the playoffs this year like it seems like their hope is so I had Kevin Love going there he was the only player going to Phoenix in exchange Phoenix would send Tyler Johnson Frank Kaminsky and uh, Michael Bridges to the Cavs I also don't have any draft picks involved but I would assume there would be some sort of compensation and draft picks involved my thought process here, Johnson was just a contract that needed to be exposed of if the deal was going to work. Kaminsky could directly replace Kevin Love. He might not be as good as Kevin Love, but he could realistically serve the same purpose for the Cavs. And Michael Bridges is, to me, a good, young 3 and D player that could really slot in and help them for a team that needs those kind of young pieces to build around. He could be one of those young pieces. Uh, two thoughts. First of all, Johnson's that guy that used to play for the Heat, right? The most shrewd looking guy? Okay. And then uh, how dare you break up the greatest front court in the NBA of Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky. But other than that, I like the trade. Yeah, I, I just I, I like the idea of Kevin Love being their big five in – or their, their small five in like a small ball lineup. And honestly, Aaron Baines I assume won't be starting that much once – DeAndre Ayton gets back here soon because he should be back very shortly. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it's a team that could really benefit from getting Kevin Love in a trade. How, how do you like him and Ayton fitting together? I like it because kind of like a Kevin Love, Thompson relationship. Well, Kevin Love doesn't need to be in the post to dominate in the same way Ayton does, and so to me, yeah, you have that same relationship where he can go on the outside and get his money's worth without having to clog up the lane with Ayton. I like it. I'm a fan. All right, Tom, you ready to play Cash or Trash? Let's do it. All right, Tom, it's Cash or Trash. You know the deal. It's our version of Buy or Sell. Uh, this week, the topic is NBA, or excuse me, is it NBA technically? It's G League team names. So the NBA's G League, uh, their minor league system. We decided to go through and pick what we thought were the 10 best names, and we would go through, well, maybe not the best names, the 10 most interesting names and we would go through and talk about them we'll start here with the affiliate of the philadelphia 76ers the delaware bluecoats tom cash or trash uh to me this is cash they i believe used to be the delaware 87ers correct which is maybe the the worst name in the history of sports so by sheer just improvement there's a most improved team name award i'd give it to the bluecoats cash i think this name 
is it's so average i'm gonna go trash like i i think they could do better i low-key kind of like the 87ers more just because how ridiculous it was blue coats to me isn't as ridiculous and thus like that's not what i want much like minor league baseball i want my g league teams to just be outrageous in their naming or to be the exact same as their their major league or professional counterpart not that these aren't professional players you know what i'm saying so i'm gonna go trash tom seven seven is just a bad number to to end with the like sixers rolls off the tongue niners rolls off the tongue seveners doesn't that's the point that that's the comedy of it tom <laughs> tom we're gonna go to the affiliate of the washington wizards now the capital city go-go cash or trash this i i can't this sounds like a bad Spice Girls song to me. Like I don't, I, it just doesn't go. I, I, it just doesn't flow with me. So I'm gonna go trash. Well, you know, it sounds like a good Spice Girls song to me when you put it that way. But it's it's a really bad name. Like I, what is a go go? Isn't that like an old style of music or like an old fashion sense or something? I don't know. It's that's it's. If I can't tell you what the name means, it's a bad name. So that's trash all day. Uh, Tom. The G League team for the Indiana Pacers are the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Cash or trash? Uh, shout out former Com Radio member Ryan Stevens, who works for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Uh, not shouting him out for still being mad at me for events for uh, that caused him to not get his security deposit back. So we're going to go trash purely because of that, out of disrespect towards Ryan Stevens. I'm going to go tra- I'm going to go cash. But mostly because I just love the idea of a, a mad ant, an angry ant. Like, imagine, like, you got two ants, right? And you kill one, and then the other one just, like, grows with rage or something. I don't... The the imagery in my head is hilarious. And so, I have to go cash because of the imagery in my head. I don't know if it works for everyone else, but it really works for they me. Can, they can carry five times their weight, right? Something like that. And it's so, that's intimidating. I, exactly. Like, that's... This is a good one. Like I, I really like the Mad Ants. That, that's that's up there for me with uh, some of the best name teams I've ever heard. Uh, Tom, the affiliate of the Detroit Pistons, the Grand Rapids Drive, cash or trash? Uh, this is cash to me because if I was in Grand Rapids, the first thing I'd want to do is drive out of there. So cash. <laughs> okay, I didn't I didn't see that one going in that direction. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. I was gonna say trash because the Motor City is Detroit not Grand Rapids. Therefore, you can't then call yourself the drive. I, this, this is just a bad play on their their major league team's name with, you know, the Pistons. That, that's trash. Really bad. Uh, Tom, the Greensboro Swarm, the affiliate, of course, of the Charlotte Hornets. Cash or trash? I think the Hornets is maybe the best name in the NBA. So an offshoot of that, I think Swarm, like anything to do with bees, yellow jackets, I think is a great name. So I'm going to go cash with the Greensboro Swarm. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going a hard, hard trash. Like, that's, that's I, I just don't like it. It's, to me, once again, a team really trying too hard to incorporate the bigger brother in this sense. You know, the team that is above them. I You're just trying too hard. I don't know. I don't, yes, swarms of bees are terrifying. I am the first to admit that. I just don't care about this name. This name's not interesting to me, so I'm gonna go. Ca- I'm gonna go trash. Uh, Tom, the main Red Claws, of course, the affiliate of your, maybe not your, because you don't own the team, but the team you root for, the Boston Celtics. Uh, main Red Claws, cash or trash? 
Uh, Maine obviously very well known for the seafood industry, uh, including lobsters, which is what the Red Claws are based off of, and it just flows so much better than the Maine lobsters. I think those are Boston lobsters, like a tennis team or something, but Red Claws, it's like a fiercer lobster, so I'm gonna go with, with cash, because honestly there's nothing else going on in Maine, so they're doing what they can. Yeah, I'm also gonna go cash. I really like the idea of, like, if we had all these teams fight each other, like the mascots, I don't know. I, I have a feeling the Red Claws would go a little farther than we think they would. So uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm picking them for that reason. I'm going to go cash. It's good PR, right? Like they make a lobster sound tough, sound impressive. So I, I respect that. I mean, Taco Fall is a Red Claw or was maybe. I'm not sure if he still is a Red Claw, but was a Red Claw at some point. So that, that also gives them added bonus points for being a good team name. Uh, Tom, the Memphis Hustle, cash or trash? Uh, I've gone back and forth on this one. Uh, when, I, when I hear Memphis Hustle, my immediate thought is AAU. Because it just sounds very much like the force or like the the empire, some sort of you know cheesy AAU name. And for that reason, I'm going to go trash on the Memphis Hustle. Because the G League, you know, while maybe it is kind of AAU style, where it's like you know some of those rising stars and trying to get discovered, I'm going to go trash. Yeah, this is a really bad team name. This is clearly a name that was come up with during the grit and grind grizzly days, and they really just want to play that up a little bit. It, this is just really bad though. Like, what is, if your team like mascot is the hustle, right? What is, how do you quantify the hustle? Like, I, I just don't understand how that works as your team name. Like, this is just, I'm kind of with you. It's very AAU. This is just not, not good at all. But I'm not sure if it's, it's as unique, let's just say that, as the next team name, the Oklahoma City Blue, cash or trash? Um, let's see. My, my, my first take is that, you know, someone was writing down the team name and got held up or robbed or something and they didn't finish it. Like, it should be the Oklahoma City Blue something. It just doesn't flow right to me. And my other thought is Blue Lives Matter. Which, you oh, know, no. sounds very Oklahoma City, so I'm gonna go trash because it, it's a ridiculous movement and I think Oklahoma City is ridiculous for calling their team the blue, so no dice for me. So I am also going to go trash. Different reason, though. You had it right there. Your, your opportunity is right there. Your team name is the Oklahoma City Thunder. You call them the Oklahoma City Lightning. Why, why was this so hard to figure out? You, you just you do it. Boom, done. You got a great team name if you just call yourselves the Lightning. Instead, they called themselves a color. Sure, I guess. Whatever floats your boat. Lightning is better than Thunder, though, so... You run into that problem. Like, you can't name your G League team better than what you named your actual team. I don't know. I, I think Thunder kind of goes hard. I, I, I'm i a fan of the Thunder name. I don't know. I'm Jury's out on that one. Jury's out on you, Tom. Uh, the jury is not out on what our next team name is, which is the Raptors 905. Uh, so I guess they did the name first, then area code second. Not really sure what's going on here, but Raptors 905, cash or trash? Uh, after a quick Google search, I have found out that the area code for Toronto is 416. So, uh, if the area code was 905, I would have gone cash, but uh, who are you fool? Like, like, what does 905 even mean? I, I have no idea. Doesn't tell you anything about the team or the city. Trash. So, I are we sure that's where they play? I'm not sure, no. 
I'm also not sure where they play. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my initial gut reaction here, which is also trash. I don't under, I, I'm with you, I'm just confused. Cause shouldn't, like, all their jerseys say 905, right? I, I don't know, I thought you're supposed to have a city name in there and then like what you'd call the team, but they're calling themselves the 905, not the Raptors. So is Raptors the lo is supposed to be a location somehow? I, it just goes against everything I've ever known about how you name sports teams. And so I have to go trash because of that reason. It's just really uh, bad. I'm actually for the first time going to posthumously amend a cash or trash. The Raptors 905 are based in Mississauga, Ontario, which is area code 905. So that's on me. Lack of research on my part. I'll talk to my research team afterwards. You know, I'll give them a stern lecture. Uh, I'm going to amend it to cash because I love the area code incorporated in the name. I think it's unique. I think it's something, you know, we're Canada. We're trying to fit in with the whole America. Like we're from the 703 or you're from whatever area code you're from. So I like it. Cash. Tom, the last name on our list are, and this is, I will just say it now, this name is Cash, no doubt about it. It's the Agua Caliente Clippers. Uh, so Agua Caliente, I believe, is the location, and then Clippers is obviously, they're associated with the Clippers. So the Agua Caliente Clippers, Tom, this is Cash. I don't even know why I'm letting you respond. It's Cash. Uh, hot water, correct? The translation, resident Spanish expert? Correct. Fire, absolutely. Uh, Agua Caliente is apparently a resort and casino in Palm Springs. I'm a huge fan of casinos, so I love everything about it. Love Palm Springs. Never been, but I love it. Uh, so I'm going to go cash. I mean, what else is there? This is the best name on the list, and it, it, it's there's not even a team that touches it. That means they're getting that bag, too, if it's if it's maybe named after something. like our, I, do we think um, That has to be bag? where they play, right? Like, they have to play at some sort of arena that's at the resort, or at least part of it. Well, when you click on their their page, the first thing you're, that happens is you are greeted with an ad. Uh, it says, of Ontario. Agua Caliente of Ontario. So, do they play in Ontario? I hope not. That's going Every, to be a pain to travel. Everything is presented by Agua Caliente Casinos in Palm Springs. So, I'm going to stick with my, my initial cash. This is a really good name. And with that... We move on from Cash or Trash. All right, Tom, last segment here is rapid fire. You know how it goes. I'm going to hit you with some quick topics, and we're going to give our answers as quickly as possible. Just, you know, give your one side, and we'll keep it moving. So, Tom, first question here. Um, we do it every week. What was the most impressive performance of last week? How about my game of the week last week, the New York Knicks? winning in overtime in Golden State, backing that up with a win against the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. Two road wins en route to a 2 and one week. Shout out the Knicks. Impressive performance. Uh, I'm going with a guy we've already talked about today, and that's Devontae Graham. He had a huge 40-point performance the other night. He had seven three-pointers. You know, he had five assists. He was just balling all over the Brooklyn Nets. I, I think that's extremely impressive for a guy who was a nobody coming into this year and is now, like we mentioned, maybe the most improved player in basketball. Tom, Sixers are still undefeated at home. They're the last undefeated team at home in the NBA. They are 14-0 and at home. How much longer does it last? 
Uh, their next three games are against the next three home games, Heat, Mavericks, and Wizards. Don't see them losing that one. Christmas Day, they host the Bucks. Adios, 16-1. and one. So I think Christmas Day, Giannis gets them at Wells Fargo. I think this is going to go into next year. I, I don't know why I believe that. I just think the Bucks may be so hot at that point that they're bound to get a loss eventually. And so to me, I, I think that could be a game the Sixers just keep winning at home. And they kind of need to keep winning at home because they've been so bad on the road this year. So uh, it feels like a sense of urgency for them to need to win. Uh, so I'm going to say this lasts into January, but doesn't make it out of January. Tom, the Lakers also have a streak of their own. They come into the week holding a 14-game road winning streak. Does it end this week? They play both the Pacers and Milwaukee on the road. I mean, come on. They've got the future Eastern Conference champions and the Bucks both on the road, so they're bound to lose one of those games, so I think it ends. The, this thing you're, you continue to pedal about the Pacers winning the East is just so patently ridiculous, and I just... I. I don't know where I I know where it came from, but I don't know why it came from this. Uh, I also think they lose this week. I think they're going to lose to the Bucks. Although, don't be surprised if that's a real like shoot it out, grind it out game. That that could be a really really strong game. This is kind of that Lakers stretch for the Bucks, where you know we're going to find out they're finally playing some good teams, so th- we could learn a lot. Yeah, I mean, finally we're going to find out whether or not the Bucks, who we're pretty sure are really good. Are probably end up going to end up being really good. Uh, unfortunately, they have the Mavericks without Luca this week, uh, so that's unfortunate. They have the Lakers, they have the Knicks on Saturday, but it, it's coming up. the The time time will tell with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Tom, the East is seventy two and seventy as the time of at the time of recording this. That could be different by the time the night's over with a bunch of uh, interconference games going on. But they're seventy two and seventy versus the West this year. Is the East finally better than the West? Uh, I believe I think the playoff teams in the East, if you stack them up against the teams in the West, are a little bit better. But I give the bottom half of the West more of an edge, so that's going to kind of push them over the top for me. So I think the West is still just a little bit stronger, one to fifteen, than the East is. I happen to agree with you mostly because I even think the top of the West is still probably better than the top of the East. Like I, I'm not sold on the Bucks as a playoff team yet. Where I'm sold on the Lakers, the Sixers. Say if they say they're the second best team, not by ranking, but second best team versus the Clippers. It it that's a tough one. Like flip a coin, they have even records. Who knows? So I I would probably say the West is still better, but the gap has closed significantly since last year because the bottom half of the West, in terms of like the non-playoff teams, has really started to fall apart in a way I don't really remember it ever being like this. Uh, Tom, last question here in rapid fire. You know how we always end it. Uh, game of the week. Uh, what is your game of the week for the coming week? I'm a man who likes storylines. I don't necessarily follow the uh, best team against the other very good teams. So I'm going to go with uh, the Clippers and the Thunder on Sunday at 7 o'clock just to see Chris Paul against his former, former team and Paul George against his former team. I don't think there are two more different cities in the NBA than Los Angeles and Oklahoma City. I feel like we got that matchup in the playoffs a lot for like four straight years back in 2013 to 16. It was always interesting. So... They're always fun matchups. So I'm gonna go Clippers Thunder. As a man who's been to both, and 
stayed a good amount of time in both Oklahoma City and Los Angeles. Uh, yes, couldn't be farther from different. Uh, I am somebody who likes the best matchup that I see. That didn't go well for me last week. Let's see if it goes better for me this week. I'm once again picking the Bucks in my game of the week, but this time they're playing the Lakers. I I really hope Anthony Davis is healthy and plays in that game so we can get Anthony Davis versus Giannis. LeBron's going to dominate whoever guards him. I don't think it's going to be Giannis because I think they'd rather have Giannis on Anthony Davis. But if Davis can't go, that's an interesting clash of titans between LeBron James and Giannis. And is this the proverbial passing of the torch, if you will, from LeBron James to Giannis. We'll see. It will be very interesting to watch that basketball game to me. Are we going to keep a, a a tab on whose game was better? Well, we can. Week? So far, you're, you're up one because Knicks Warriors was somehow exponentially better than Bucks Clippers. Who would have thought? I mean, me so, because I picked it, but, you know, go off. Well, yeah, apparently you knew. I did not know. All right, Tom, last segment here, as we do every single week. It's what's going on, uh, where you will get 60 uninterrupted seconds to, you know, rant about whatever it is you want to rant about. Uh, Tom, because I'm hosting this week, I'm going to allow you to go first, because you said you did have one prepared already, as I'm do ready. I. We, we came prepared this week. Uh, so, Tom, 60 seconds on the clock. What's going on? That might be a first that we're both prepared, first of all. But um, I went to the Penn State game last week. They played Maryland, number four in the country. They won. I stormed the court, which seems like they storm the court every year, but it's usually in February when all hope is already lost in the season. It's just a nice morale-boosting win. I stumbled upon a number 23 next to Penn State this morning. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. Uh, Upon further investigation, they're a ranked team now. Uh, They haven't been ranked since 1996, which was uh, before I was born. So the first time in my lifetime that the Penn State men's basketball team is ranked, I uh, would, I'm not going to be one of those guys that says, you know, I was a fan before everybody else. Uh, I would like to openly open the bandwagon to anybody that would like to join the Penn State basketball bandwagon. They are going to make the tournament this year. It's going to be awesome. They'll probably lose in the first round because they always disappoint. But Penn State basketball bandwagon open to all who are interested. They're ranked now, so... Go ahead, hop on. It's going to be a great three months. Tom, I appreciate your uh, your love and admiration for Penn State basketball. It's something I could never replicate, but I understand. You know, we, we cheer for them from afar as of now. This is one of those moments, right, that they – This is all, you remember when football was finally ranked in 2016 after they beat Ohio State? Yes. This is similar to that moment, except I had seen Penn State football ranked before. I had seen Penn State football play in big games I, I had never gotten that with basketball, and I, this this feels like a one-off like this year, and then they'll go back to be mediocre next year, but you know, let us have one, and this is one of those years. I hope not, because I, I do love Sir Patrick Chambers. Very, very nice guy. All right, David. But, all right, Tom, are you ready, Your to, turn ready for me to go? To close out the show. Let's see what you got. I am. Tom, for some reason, Sixers Twitter never ceases to amaze me. And this week, the latest news is, once again, a Sixers player's father wants him out of the city. Trey Burke, uh, his dad took to social media to say that he wanted out of Philadelphia. He wants his son out of Philadelphia to get more playing time elsewhere. The more interesting thing came, though, when Kyle O'Quinn liked this photo, and then later in the day proceeded to go on Instagram and type some cryptic messages that I couldn't tell you what they mean. I'm going to give you an example. One of the messages on Instagram reads as follows. ICB period B 
B-Y-A-B period, T-S-Y-W-B-I-C. I'm not even going to finish this one because it's like 14 letters long. We think they're hidden messages. I don't know what this means for the Sixers. I really want him to tell us what these mean because I am thoroughly fascinated by Kyle LeQuinn's Instagram account now. Listen, I think the most impressive part of that is people are now talking about Trey Burke and Kyle O'Quinn. Uh, I hadn't heard of Trey Burke in like seven years since he was in that NCAA tournament run, so good for him. I, I think that, that I'm, I'm proud of him. Tom, you have no idea how often Sixers Twitter discusses Trey Burke. I don't. You're right. I'm not involved. Like, they are uh, they're fervent supporters of Sir Trey Burke, I've noticed, and uh, really want him to get more minutes. Uh, I don't know why. He's not very good. But, yeah, I mean, that's the world we live in now, where Trey Burke and Kyle O'Quinn are big stories in uh, the Sixers community. And with that, we come to the end of our show. Tom, another one of the books. Uh, how would you rate this one? I'd give a solid eight. I think, you know, maybe not, maybe not as good as last week, but I, I think a lot of bright spots in this one. So I'm going to go eight. I think there's a lot of good spots here as well, but you know, I, I got to keep our uh, keep our egos low. I'm gonna go seven. I, I think you know we still got a lot of room to improve, and you know things only look up from here. But hey, if you really enjoyed this show like Tom did, you should go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating. Leave us a comment. Give us some cash or trash ideas. Tell us things that we could do to improve the podcast. Uh, if you hate the podcast, you can tell us that too. Just really go on there, leave us a rating leave us a comment and we'll be sure to check those out and respond if we see any on the show tom any last words uh what i hear is the ap poll has us as the 23rd best podcast on itunes so tune in at your own oh, risk so, so what you're saying, saying is we can improve exactly yeah we we're putting uh we're putting the entire ringer podcast network on upset alert so look out shay serrano we're coming <laughs> shay serrano we're coming and uh, by we'll we're coming here. i mean come on the show Oh, all right. Well, that just took a turn. I wasn't ready for it at the end. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, be sure to tune in next week for another edition of There's a Lot Going On.